Uh, Welcome to... Oh, hello. Sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) No, it's okay. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) My bad. That's all right. Welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Celette. And welcome back to our uh, paranormal romance podcast where we read and review books that are talk to you about paranormal. Them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Par- paranormal. Romance. <laughs> yeah. Mostly romance. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I signed on. <laughs> I heard my phone calling me. It made a weird <laughs> noise. I'd never heard it. Well, I have heard it before, but I, I'm not used to it yet because this is a new phone. And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And it was uh, you calling me to do a recording. And I um, it it was it was me. Yeah, I was cooking chicken fingers for dinner. Nice. And uh, I mean, I remembered we had a recording earlier today, but at the <laughs> moment in time where I actually had to start setting up and stuff I did not I was uh, in the kitchen so (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I would because normally you call me yes and so I let it go (laughs) until it was about like 7 10 and then I was like "Mm." and I like for some reason your icon in gchat came up with like your computer like you were on your computer so I was like so that's why I waited a little long because like oh she's on the computer so she's getting ready yeah right (laughs) And then finally, I was like, I'm just going to call her. And then, yeah, you were not on your computer getting ready. I was not. I was not. And this is not the first time that I forgot about an episode. Do you remember when you were like, are you on your way? And uh, this was when you were at your condo and I was still at home. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) And then I hauled ass. And I got there and like, I swear it was like 15 minutes, which is really fast. Really fast to get to your there's house. There's not a very direct route no. from your side of town to where I used to live. Yeah, and I got there in fucking <laughs> miraculous amount of time, and it was a uh, oh. we. I mean, we got it done, but <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah, yeah, but that's only like twice in three years is hardly <laughs> a pattern or anything. It's not worth it. Is it bad it when happens. you're late? to an online meeting when all you have to do is turn your computer on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's what I figure. No. <laughs> I'm here. It's all good. Yeah. No, actually, I think there's a really slim... That one's hard. I think there's a real small, like, window of appropriateness when it comes to, like, Zoom calls or, like, video calls. Like, you cannot be early. That's offensive to be early because I am not ready until, like, 10. Like, if it's a 10 o'clock meeting and someone tries to call in at, like, 9.50, I will be pissed. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, I have shit to do for 10 more minutes. Yeah. So you can call in, like, a minute early to, like, two to three minutes late and then it's too late then. Because now it's like, now we've already got shit started. We can't wait five, ten minutes for everyone to get on the damn call. No, no. Be on the call on time. So I do think that makes it harder. Like, you have more leeway in the real world than you do in virtual. Yeah, for sure. And it's okay to sign on at 9.59 for your 10-minute yes. call and then be late, like, 10.03. Because the the person who's starting the meeting is like, let's give people a couple of minutes to join. And three minutes is a long time. When you're so, just sitting there staring yeah. at a screen, three minutes is a long fucking yes. time. So, that's, so yeah, you have like 
four minutes yeah. to join a Zoom call before you're an asshole. Exactly. <laughs> or if you, you try to sign in earlier, then you're an asshole. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you on that. Totally with you on that. So anyway, yeah. that's Zoom etiquette as Kalina dictates. Zoom etiquette 101. <laughs> Tune back in for something else completely unessential <laughs> for the next episode. <laughs> and, and just opinionated. Just just my top of the head opinions about it shit. It works. Not... <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, yep. All right. Yeah, so let's do your thing. But first, I'm going to give you a quickie. Uh, Alrighty. So, do you prefer long hair or short hair in your gentleman? Um... I'm definitely a little bit more on the longer preference. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want full-on long-as-me hair. Well, <laughs> you, <laughs> you have a, no. a mane of hair that's, like, Well, yeah, intense. don't have my hair. <laughs> but I definitely like a little bit more length, a little bit more scruff. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, my partner likes to shave his head all off. <laughs> yeah. Or pretty close to shape. I mean, it's he. It's double. He buzzes it. It's double, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and I, when it's long, I always grab on it. I'm like, I like the hair. I like the hair. And then, then he shaves it away, and I'm like, Oh, he's like this bye. hair. Bzzz. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. He has to work in a hot, you mm-hmm. know, mechanic office all day, or not office, whatever the fuck those what bay floor. <laughs> floor (laughs) mechanics floor and it's hot especially like in the summer and he has a hat and everything is i get it it's comfort yeah but i like the hair more than i like it not hair (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you on that i do like the longer hair i like the shoulder length hair i like like the aragorn look that motherfucker is fucking hot with the just like the scruffy oh. stubble and the like messy hair that's a little wavy and dark and a little bit grayed, it's super like sexy. all of my like middle school like right the height of like beginning puberty like fantasy uh, you know guys were like Gavin Rosdale from Bush uh-huh. and like that whole grunge area where yes. they all had that like shorter like almost chin length or a little bit longer yeah no all those musicians were fucking gorgeous mm-hmm. with that hair and yeah scruffy unshaven looks oh yeah no that's that is where my sexual like awakening happened and so those are my oh yeah that's what i'm attracted to <laughs> absolutely and dan's the same way he hates his hair long it'll be like an inch long he's like Ugh, i need a haircut i'm dying and i'm like you don't have any hair <laughs> you have none hair i can't cut it which is untrue i do cut it a lot and he doesn't want the boys to have long hair either and so i cut their hair but i like leave i'll leave a mohawk or something for them fun but their hair is really, it's thin or fine or whatever, like his. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's not like thick like mine. But um, I do. I love grabbing it and running my fingers through it and scratching it and just like all sorts of stuff. I like to well, play with other people's bodies that, well, not in a yeah. bad way, but in a good, in a good and no. fun way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and like, and I'm going to say this with all the love in the world, <laughs> but. I think almost all of our guys, they don't just buzz it, but they all buzz it, like, the same length all over the head. Yeah, really? They, like, do and a one. And it's like, that's not a haircut. Like, 
pick a fucking <laughs> style. Oh, they're so like yes, and it's just one all the way around. Like, I will. There, yes. There's no. There's no style. Fashion to that. There's no style to there's that. No That's style. just now you have this little like quarter inch stubble across the entirety of your head. The whole head. <laughs> The whole head, yeah. I, I mean, I I fade dance a little bit. I go looks from like funny, a. And I'm like, God damn. it does. Well, Dan at least lets me do a two, and then I'll make my way to a zero as I go down when I cut his hair for him. Ugh. You guys, this quickie had nothing to do with this book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, but yeah, we're just. But that's you know, it's it's good that we can we can love them even when they don't have the hair we want them. To I have. know. <laughs> They're so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we read The Rookie by Abigail Owen. It's the second book in the... Oh, of course I didn't write that down. Do you remember? Fire's Edge. Fire's Edge series. So we did the first book. Year one? The Boss. Um... Was it year? year it would have been maybe the very end of year one, or the very first book of year two. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, it was. It was the first book of year two. Okay. so our twenty seventh episode. Yeah, in which we actually went and interviewed Abigail, which was really fun. Super fun. Yeah, and so uh, we read. Well, yeah, so we read the the first the boss the boss <laughs> and the. Mate. Mate. Shit. I really suck. I don't remember any of this. So the mate was just the short yeah. prequel about Fallon and, and I want to say Maggie. It's, um, in, I, don't know, I don't think it's Maggie. Doesn't matter. It doesn't. And then the boss was the first book in the Fire's Edge uh, series and we meet uh, Finn, Finn and Delaney. And his mate, Delaney. Yeah. So now this is Rookie, the, or The Rookie, it's book two, and it's about uh, Aiden and Sarah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But this this one we did in an audio. The first one, those ones we had to read because they were brand new books when we were interviewing her. They had just come out, right? Or they were about to come out or something. Yes. They had just come out. I'm just going to say it because I know it's the fact. They no, I'm sorry. That was just a really loud bang. And I don't oh. know if that showed up on my record. That's why I was I made that face. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Ugh. I was just like, yes, it's true. <laughs> also, what you're saying is true. <laughs> <laughs> you are right so yeah and so we read them and this time we get to listen to the yeah. rookie because she has them out in audio now and this was a dual narration mm-hmm. by brian polino and melissa i can't read my own handwriting melissa i can't read my own handwriting why why didn't i write moran yes Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have to write shit better. <laughs> Mine's chicken scratch too. Um, All right. So let's do clits notes, right? Yep. For the book. notes. Let's do this. So we met Sarah. Well, we met all of the characters because we met the guys and everybody in book one in, in, in the boss. But Sarah, just as a refresher, is a single mother in charge of a winery. Her husband had passed away five years ago, um, and so she's raising her six-year-old son, Blake, by herself. She's not a super big fan of her winery. It was her family business, but that was never her passion or anything she wanted to do. Delaney has come to work with her, um, running away from who she thinks is a stalker, which turns out to be a dragon, trying to force her dragon mate, but that's all in book one. So 
Sarah is one of the unique humans who has discovered about dragons because she basically saw Delaney get kidnapped. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she knows about them and they they can't keep wiping her memory. So they just kind of let her and, and Aiden know about them. Not Aiden, Blake. Blake doesn't know about the dragons per se. He thinks they're firefighters. Yeah. But um, she knows about them and she's a little bit wary. She thinks that it's not safe. And so she's about ready to sell the vineyard to uh, Delaney and move her and Blake far away and just go back to being a teacher and, and uh, have a normal life. She doesn't really want to get involved with this whole dragon world mm-hmm. that Delaney is involved in. Now, Aiden is immediately drawn to Sarah and like... Man, she's she's hot. <laughs> and he has all these really super sexy dreams about her and all this wonderful stuff. But he is putting up big fat walls because he's working really hard just to be a member of the team. He is an orphan dragon, which in this world is like, that sucks, dude. Because yeah. once your parents die, nobody wants you in the community. Mm-hmm. And they kind of kick you out and you end up usually going rogue and end up getting killed. But he fought really hard because he was lucky enough to have already shifted before his parents died. So he had the family bond to help him with his first shift. Mm -hmm. But they died shortly thereafter. And so he wasn't able to stay with his clan because they don't really take care of unwanted young kids. I don't know. It's it's really upsetting, (laughs) but they don't. And so he was able to find Lindy who is the she's a female dragon which is very rare and they are always never picked by men because they're infertile Mm -hmm. so she just has this group of young orphan dragons that she collects and helps give them a sort of a family so that they don't end up being rogue they get to keep their king symbol on their hand and be part of the clans without which if they didn't have any kind of family life they would end up rogue dragons and most of them would get killed yeah so she saved him and he was able to prove himself to the guys and end up on the team of hotshot firefighting dragons called enforcers. So they their basic job is to patrol their area of the colonies, which is North America, and keep rogue dragon fires from hurting humans and from humans from finding out about dragons. So he's finally a full member of the team after working really hard, but he knows that he'll never be seen as equal among the other dragons, especially the old world dragons in Europe where all the kings live. Yeah. And so the idea that he'd get a mate is just, he's like, I'll never get a mate. They'll never pick me for the mating ritual because he's, you know, an orphan. He's a second class. Dragon. Yeah. He's, yeah, no, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. We won't give a mate to him. There's fewer mates and all this. There's a whole bunch of politics about it. <laughs> so, but he does like Sarah, but he's trying really hard not to like interfere with her life and to just stay on his path. And she really likes Aiden, but he's real standoffish with her. So she just assumes he hates her and doesn't like her very much. So yeah. she's just like, I don't know why I'm attracted to this guy because he doesn't like me, but whatever. So throughout the beginning of the book, they're both having these sexy dreams with each other where they like meet up in the dream and like talk and sex and talk Uh (laughs) (laughs) and like share all of this intimate knowledge with each other. But they both think that they're just dreams Mm -hmm. and that they couldn't possibly actually be meeting each other in this dream space and sharing this like both of them actually sharing the experience. But then all of a sudden, Aiden notices that Sarah has dragon eyes. 
So she's starting to to emit signs that she is a dragon mate. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a little bit freaked out. She's like, no, my kid, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, you kind of have to make some kind of choice because if you don't, you're going to start fires. Yeah. Eventually, you just like dragon mates just start fires randomly and you're going to probably hurt him. With a fire. So the only way to stop that is to mate. Yeah. Because then once you find your mate, your true mate, you become a dragon and then you're not out of control. Right. So craziness. Added to that, she has the unique experience of having three dragon symbols on her neck. Yeah. So usually the mates only show one symbol and it tells the council what color dragon and what house that her mate will be found in. So if it's like... A black dragon symbol, then you go to the black house dragons and you pick those eligible men and she would find one of them to be her mate. But she has three. She has black, red, and blue. Mm -hmm. And the red is the largest. The black is on the bottom. The red is the largest and the blue is on the top. The red is interesting because it's the symbol of the high king who is in control of all the dragons. And he's really, really old and has never found his mate and he's dying. Yeah. So they think that maybe she could be his mate with the chance to save him and be their high queen and save his life. Because once a dragon mates, it extends their life. Yep. And that's why he's dying is because he hasn't found a mate. Yes. Well, he's still like a couple thousand years old. So Yeah, I know. You know like, you just give time, up. <laughs> time gets to all of us, guys, in the end. Even with <laughs> even, dragons. Even dragons. <laughs> so she's trying to figure this out turns out the other two symbols the black and the the red there's also two members of the firefighting team harukan is that was the was that their name they had a name and i the name of the whole team i i can't either i remember oh, we struggled with it in the first we book. did and it always reminded me of some type of transformer type of like yeah 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 anyway, I, I don't remember it we yeah. don't remember it but anyway drake is a black dragon and his symbols on her neck and titus a uh, red dragon his symbol is also on her neck and this is something and that's I, never happened before with three different colors no on. never they always only have one yeah. and then aiden's is the blue symbol on her neck so they both all three of them have a chance to be her mate mm-hmm. and they're trying to like decide i mean aiden's obviously attracted her but he's like there's no way they won't even let me in this you know into the the mating ritual ceremony or whatever so they're trying to follow the rules because in the last book they broke all the rules <laughs> <laughs> and the and the dragon kings aren't very happy with them so they're trying to be really good dragons and follow the dragon rules and send her off to the mating council and they notify everybody that they have to and they they're trying to travel with her across country they get to the Rocky Mountain region where there's another dragon team that are now going to help get her to Europe. And once they get there, that dragon team is like super creepy. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> and they're like, oh no, you must be the king's mate. Oh, everybody's really on board for her being this king guy who's oh, yeah. like dying and like rotting away. They call him the rotting king. And I'm like, oh, gross. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't even want to meet him, let alone potentially meet him. You're yeah. fucking crazy. But she's already like pretty sure she's Aiden's mate, yep. and she's she's starting to suss it out. They have a moment where they realize their dreams are real, and that they've both shared them, and they know the same information from them. 
And so at first she thinks she can just ask that he be included, but these other dragons kind of are like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, no problem, but he has to stay here. And then if you ask for him, they, they'll they'll ask for him. They'll, they'll bring him along later. And she's like, well, that doesn't sound right. No. And then they don't want to take her son because they're like, oh, well, no dragon's going to want your son. And she's like, um, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Whoever I made is going to have to choose my son with me. <laughs> yeah. Like, screw you. I have a son, you assholes. Anyway, mm-hmm. so instead... She meets Rune, who was the, we thought was the bad guy in the first book, because he was trying to kidnap the mates. But maybe he's a good guy? We're not sure. Yeah. And anyway, he's, he's, he explains to her the difficulty of like what's been going on where more and more mates are dying because they're not being mated to the correct dragons. Mm-hmm. And so they're dying in the fire instead of living like they're supposed to. And uh, so he says he'll help her if she's really sure that Aiden's her mate. And so then he kidnaps her and then Aiden gets tortured and all the other dragons get tortured. And then Rune helps Aiden meet up with her and they mate and they are successful and she becomes a dragon. And then Titus, we find out, was really the bad guy all along. And he's the one who was killing mates in his attempt to find his mate. He kept trying to mate people. There's I'm using mate too many ways and it's (laughs) confusing my sentences now. But <laughs> I follow you. <laughs> but anyway, he tra- he decides he's going to have to kill Aiden and-, and her son, Blake, in order to prove to her that she's really his, which that's not uh, how things work, no, buddy. No, But <laughs> and so he- there's a big epic battle and then he ends up almost dead. But then Aiden almost dies and then he helps her save Aiden and then she turns into a dragon and her son turns into a dragon and (laughs) then Titus kills himself as repentance for all of the bad shit he does and then everybody's cool it's crazy (laughs) it was good okay that was good there we go yeah buff I had forgotten after probably the first maybe like 40 minutes i was like oh my god i forgot how much i really liked abigail's dragons because i've been to oh, yeah. like when when we did the interview for the first one we're like oh my god these are the best dragons these are our favorite dragons and then i mean obviously for the next couple of dragons we're like we love these dragons we love we just ended up really loving dragons but i'd forgotten how much i enjoyed her writing and her characters and her storyline so like this her writing's fantastic oh absolutely and this book didn't have, at least from what we remember, didn't have as much like steamy hot sex scenes as the first one did. There was, no. we feel like there were plenty more, but it was almost, it was okay. It was fine. I really digged the whole storyline. I love all of the different things that she was just throwing out in there. Like having Sarah have the three different colors and not only three different colors, but three of them were actually on the firefighting team. So it wasn't even mm-hmm. just like the family crest, but it was like those specific guys. And then the kid, of course, a six-year-old Blake. I always got Blake and Drake mixed up. Oh, that one was hard. Yeah, that one. Those two names were way yes. too similar all book. Way too similar. <laughs> and I felt really bad for Blake because he's the he's the oldest one, right? Is he old? Was he? Drake. Drake. Oh, damn it. And no, Titus is older. Oh, Titus was older than Blake. Or Drake. Yeah, damn Titus it. is... Titus is the oldest one, and he had gone through the mating ritual once Mm -hmm. and was selected by the lady, and he thought that was his true mate, and she had died in his fire. Yeah. Now, the story is that you lose a part of your soul when that happens. Yeah. And then as he got older and older and he didn't get another chance, something in him got twisted. 
So I think he com- he admitted to at least three women. So maybe two others other than the first one who mm-hmm. was a, who did die in his fire. But at least he went through the process with her. Um, the other two, it seems like maybe he found on his own and kidnapped or something. And just did it anyway without... And forced them into the mating and, and they died in his fire as well. Yeah. So he was trying, through most of the book, trying to convince himself that they were unworthy of him. Yeah. And that Sarah was the real one and she would choose him. And he w- he was at this point hallucinating pretty much and he would hallucinate Sarah coming to him to tell him... To kill that Aiden. She was his, and, yeah, that she wanted him to kill Aiden and that she was his true mate and that, and that Aiden was confusing the situation. So Titus is like playing... <laughs> he's trying to play nice and he's he's really hanging out with Blake and like like he cares about her son and everything mm-hmm. but he's really twisted in the head so yeah his desperation ha- turns into something a lot more morose than than just you know trying to find a mate he desperately desperately wants to just find somebody he's i mean i mean obviously they all start to deteriorate they all start dying if they don't find their mate so and that's what makes the contrast between him and drake very interesting yeah because drake is not as old as titus but he is already dying yeah because he's gone so long without a mate so he's like 700 years old and that's not supposed to happen until you're like over a thousand without a mate and so He's and it's very subtle and it's physical with him, but his um, Aiden keeps catching him a couple of times as a dragon, just like faltering a little bit mm-hmm. or like shaking and rubbing his hand, like it's hurts or something isn't right. And eventually, he admits to Aiden that he is he's he's dying. So actually having his sign on Sarah's neck really could have been his chance. Mm -hmm. Like she could have that, you know, the theory is that once you mate, your life is extended. So this, like his deterioration, his physical deterioration would have been reversed if he had been able to successfully mate her. But he took the route of, she says I'm not, you know. So I'm not. That, that, so yeah. I'm not. She she has a connection to Aiden and I'm going to trust that, that, you know, the fates know. But Titus doesn't go that, you know, he's also in need. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be dying, but he takes it the other way. So just the contrast between those two facing similar issues, both desperate for mates, but one of them goes the high road and goes, well, she says I'm not her mate, so I'm not her mate. And then Titus goes, I don't care. <laughs> I'll yeah. kill you anyway. <laughs> like, it's just interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, Drake's whole reaction to the whole thing was all like, okay, so he's the quiet one that's really standoffish and doesn't make jokes. He's really like grumpy and just like, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that he's one of the next couple books because he's my favorite dragon. Here's the next book. Yes! Yes, he is the next one, which means he's not going to die and he's going to find me and we're going to be mates. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So Aiden is finding that he's got like, I don't know, carpal tunnel or something like that. So he's, he's, also he's like, <laughs> like, is he going blind too? Isn't he? Something like that. Like with his, or maybe they all just have really bad eyesight. Is no, that just the thing that dragons know. do? Dragons just. No. <laughs> they have really good eyesight. I don't know. what you. I have no idea what I'm thinking. I don't know what I'm thinking. I thought he was. I don't know. I thought either. I thought he was having problems with his sight, just slightly. I don't no, know. No, it's just his arms, and now and by the end of the book, he's they tingle all the way up to his shoulders. Oh, that's definitely carpal tunnel. I have that same thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think 
just a little bit of surgery should help your pinch nerve. I think it's supposed to be a, a degenerative nerve disease, but yes, it is also carpal tunnel. <laughs> I fixed it. That's really great. Yeah, no, I knew right away. I knew right away that Drake was going to be when they were having that kitchen cleaning scene where for a moment he was I mean the whole time he was very very hopeful that she would maybe feel something or had a chance but he took her at her word when she's like it's not you and he's like okay oh hey I fucked up guys I I swip I flip-flopped I think because Drake is so moody and and broody I thought he was the black dragon but he's not he's the red dragon I thought that and Titus is black and the red dragon (laughs) is the high king is the red so Drake shares the same sign as the High King. Yes. And Titus was the Black Dragon. Sorry, guys. I should have said something. I thought that same thing, too. And I was like, no, I'm wrong. Kalina's always right. <laughs> no, I am, like, never right. <laughs> we keep finding all these errors that I make. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just like, oh, I thought Titus was the Black. Oh, I'm, like, I'm totally wrong. <laughs> well, there we go. We've corrected it. We're good. At least we've corrected it. In the episode. In the same episode. Within 10 minutes of the explanation. We're good. We have redeemed ourselves. <laughs> I found a huge error this week in an episode that was released fucking three months ago. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh Yeah. I mean, by the time you guys are hearing this episode, that episode was released three months yeah. ago. In our world, it was released today. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can't fucking correct that now. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to correct it right this second. Hey, guys. <laughs> if you go back. <laughs> to episode 72 <laughs> supernatural inmate by avery song i said that it was also by avery song and veronica agnes and it turns out that's the same person <laughs> so it is not two authors it is one author who has two pen names all right and i think at one point in the book i even declared i could tell the difference yes. between the two authors <laughs> So, can't, don't know what the fuck I'm thinking, but uh, yeah, that, you know, five episodes ago, guys, but you know, I'm correcting it now. I said, when you texted me and told me about it, I was rolling and I could see the tension behind your text. I could tell that you were distraught and I was like, ha ha and not because you were, you know, because you're wrong. No, no, you weren't. But you were distraught at me. You no. were just at the. You thought it was funny. You thought the situation. The situation was, funny. was hilarious. It was so funny because I was like, "Well, that just goes to." I mean, like that's us in a T. Because even I was there. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's by Avery Song and Veronica Agnes." And sure, I could have done the same thing and did my research and said, "Oh, by the way, one person," but I didn't. I was just like, "Cool, two people read this book or wrote this book." And that's what <laughs> Both names were on the audiobook. It like even they said it in the book, right? They, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they did. I thought they did too. Or maybe they didn't say the word and. I think we just interpreted the word and. Maybe we put it in because that's what we were expecting to hear. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys, I'm wrong. But at least yeah, we caught this I caught this one in this episode. So yes, Drake is a red dragon. Titus is a black okay. dragon. Okay. All right, good. But yeah, Drake is so moody that he totally seems like a black dragon. <laughs> Are you right? I, he should be the black one. I don't think I. I don't correlate that with anything because black's my favorite color, and I don't feel like I'm really moody. But so is red. But I don't know. No, red is passionate. Is red passionate? Titus, with all his like faults, was like the passionate <laughs> trying to find his mate. He should have been red. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I fixed it. There. We're good. We, we figured out what the problem was. <laughs> anyway. No. Uh, so, yeah. So, well, yeah. I don't know what you were saying. No, that I, I was just. To tell you that no, I had been wrong. I was just saying that I'm excited that Drake is the next book because he is my favorite dragon. And ah. I can't wait to hear about him because I just loved, I loved that scene. That was actually one of my uh, favorite scenes was their interaction together and how he had. Who in him? Drake and Sarah in the kitchen okay. cleaning scene where he, yes, okay. he just accepted her as how she felt and what she was feeling. Because mm-hmm. there's no in depth, there's no definite way of knowing until you sit, until you make it through that fire, you know? I, yes, but I feel like, and I think. The one who should be able to identify it the most would be Finn because he's now had both mm-hmm. an unsuccessful one and a successful one. And he should be able to say the what he how different he felt with Delaney than he did feel with the first one. You know, because I, I, I mean, my understanding, the, everything they say in this book is that like the draw is just unmistakable when you yeah. meet the right one. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've not met, like if they don't put the right one into the selection process. I think this is where the problem is, is that the committee is picking their favorites yeah. who they want to see mated. So they're not necessarily giving the mates all the possible options. They're just giving them the the like most politically salient ones, like the wealthy dragons or the ones with political power, right? The ones that they want their names and so last. If she doesn't even have a chance to meet the one that actually causes that internal spark, you can then see how someone would mistake, you know, this intense need that the dragons have to find their mate mm-hmm. and like lust and, and some other like just physical you could be phys- they're all fucking gorgeous. You're gonna be attracted to them. <laughs> they all look like goddamn Greek gods. Firefighters. <laughs> And firefighters and shit. So you find them attractive. They're super intense about finding their mate. And they're convinced you're the mate. I could see how as a woman you might go, oh, yeah, this feels like yeah. a pull. I, I can feel this draw. But I, then I think once you actually, if you're given a chance to meet more dragons, you'd actually find the one that would do that. Right? Mm-hmm. Because it, between both Delaney and Finn and um, Sarah and Aiden, it's unmistakable. It isn't just lust that the other dragons are feeling. Like, like what Titus was feeling didn't match it. He wasn't having any kind of connection with Sarah no. in their interactions. It was just an infatuation. It was friendly. It, it, they were yeah. just friendly. Like, And she appreciated that he took care of Blake. Yeah. But there was not, there wasn't spark, but every interaction between her and Aiden, even when they were both like fighting their like, like yeah. how strongly they liked each other, was fraught with sexual tension. <laughs> like it just, they were. It was still there. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they talked, it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> even, even like, who is it? Which one does Lindy argue with all the time? Oh, that's, and he's from hers. Isn't he no, from no, her? No, no, he's on the team. He's on the team? Is it? Mm-hmm. It's not Hall. It's a name that never really comes yeah, up. It, it's the one that, it, but it's not one of the twins. It's the other one, the golden one. Riven and... Keegan. It's, Keegan. Those are the twins or the brothers. The brothers. It's not them. Uh, Whichever other one it is. Dune? It is Hall. It is Hall. Is it Hall? Dune is not one of them. I think I just made that up. <laughs> you did make that up. That's fun. <laughs> There's a gold one whose name I cannot. Is it? I think it might be Hall. I think it is Hall. I think she and Hall are always like bickering and everyone's like, they just need to fuck already. Yeah. <laughs> I there. I feel like it starts with a D though. It might be. It's not Drake because Drake's her brother. It's not Drake. No, no, no. But I thought that there was another one that sort of hangs out with Hall a lot. 
And we don't really get his story. But anyway. And maybe the gold one whose name I can't remember. Yeah. I was going to like look like I could find it, but I can't find it. It's an <laughs> audiobook. How am I going to find it? <laughs> Wait, let me listen to it real quick, guys. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Do you have eight hours? Just a second. Nine hours? Anyway. Oh, we're sidetracked. But yes. At the end. God, I just like this book. I did too. These characters are so fun. They are. And speaking and of. they live in. What? Go ahead. Oh. I was going to say. We just keep talking over each other. <laughs> So this one is a little bit different than what we've had in the past, even with dual authors. So we've had some that have taken each chapter, which is sort of what they've done here, and then one that takes, you know, the female voices and then one that takes the male voices. That's the one I prefer. I really like that one. But this one, they talk within the points of view of both, but within the same chapter even. And I really missed some of those really, like, serious, groggy and, like, really gravelly. Oh, Brian's voice. Yes. Sexy. It's so like, fucking good. Yes. Oh, my God. His voice was so, so sexy. I loved it Holy so much. Holy shit. I think, have we, we've just had a lot of female narration lately. Lately, it's been female, yeah. And they're good. They're fun. Yeah. But, Brian. Oh, my God. <sighs> well, he does all the rest of her books, so. Good. <laughs> when we get to Drake's book. <laughs> Good. Oh, I'm gonna love it'll that be, one. It'll be the two of them again. It's those. It's the same narrators. Now, when does that come out? Has that come out yet? It did. It came out well in the world of <laughs> <laughs> you got in me. the world of recording time. It came out just this month. Wow, <laughs> last month. Okay, it was uh, November of 2020. Oh yeah, for us in our world. Oh wait. I think in book form it came out in 19. In audiobook form it came out in 2020. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Well, that's that's still great. We got to put that one back on the list because I can't wait to get into it. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) Even if it's towards the end of next year because I know you've got to set up for stuff. Don't you mess with my script. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't fucking touch that thing. All I do is put in the URL once the episode's uploaded and then I run away. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> but uh yeah, so narration was fucking fantabulous. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what we're talking sexy, about. Sexy, sexy, squishy, sexy. So like Kalina said there were like snippets of flirting and like dream sex and this and that in between. And then they actually Yeah, their dr- they had some nice like that shower oh scene God. in the was dreams say, was Oh sorry, I stepped on your No, 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 no. I wasn't line. going to say it. I was gonna say that I was going to say I'm just that's just my reaction to say that. But yes. Sorry. Now I've interrupted you. <laughs> Wait. Hmm? Oh, I see what's happening. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I shouldn't do other things while we record, but I'm trying. <laughs> Are you I'm trying to figure out again? the book orders. Oh. I'm not checking email. No, I'm not. It is. <laughs> it is. I, it's about the books. And yes, the next book is Drake. And then the fifth book, uh, it is Lindy and Levi. Levi's the beta. Oh, That's okay. the good name we couldn't remember. Okay. Yeah. I thought I, I knew it wasn't Hall, but it also didn't start it with It wasn't a D. Hall. <laughs> But it also wasn't anything. Yeah, I was just like, God damn it. That's going to drive me back to crazy until I can figure it out. Nice. Okay, moving along. Yes, sex scene, shower sex scene. Oh, I just love that she's like, he's in there after a dream or what he thought was a dream that was a real, wasn't a dream or whatever. So he thought he woke up and went on a run and was showering. 
Yeah, that's what he thought. And then all of a sudden, he thought that the shower curtain got pulled back and that Sarah just was standing there naked, pleasuring herself. Yep. Until he went, oh, wait, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> and he was like, this must I be a dream. Not. I never got up and went mm. on a run. <laughs> I'm dreaming. But in his dream, which he thought was real before she opened the shower scene, he was thinking about the sex dream that they'd had the night before and was giving himself a little bit of a... Where he like she tug, said a tug. couple of tugs, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're just the best. They're the best fucking scenes. Just yeah, the, just I don't men men masturbation scenes. We love those scenes. We, we are do. pervy we people. Are so pervy. <laughs> it's so perverted. But it's in but in a consensually sexual a good oh, yeah. way. It's, no, it's not a creepy not. like dark way. But oh, oh my god, I just loved it so so much. And that was another reason why I was just like, ah, I've missed Abigail's writing. I've missed her books. This is so amazing. The writing is just well, so then great. I, it was so fun because so the whole thing was a dream. Mm -hmm. And he's he realizes it and he's like, well whatever, let's do it anyway. <laughs> he's not fighting his dreams he's like well if it's a dream i'm gonna have sex with it yeah so they have sex you know or does he just go down on her i don't remember anyway it doesn't matter it's, it's really good and there's showers and it's slippery and sexy mm -hmm. and then she like orgasms in the dream and he hears because he's he's staying at her house to protect her yeah so it's just the two of them at the house and he hears sarah like in reality he hears sarah down the hall like sigh yeah or, like moan, moan a little she makes a noise and so he thinks something's happened <laughs> Like maybe someone's in the house and so he sprints down the hall and it runs into her bedroom. Now, he doesn't know it, but she's having every dream that he has, she has too. They have together, they are together experiencing these things. So her moan is just her- Her getting pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> yeah, like because in her dream, she's just been fucked in a shower. Yes. And so she's pretty excited about it. So she moans a little bit in her sleep dream. And he barges into her room and she's all like, no, oh no. <laughs> and then she kisses him because she can't remember if it's real or yes. not. <laughs> yes. So they're both completely confused about what's real and what's not real. <laughs> and somehow he's standing there in just boxers and not a hard on as far as we know. Like Abigail doesn't describe doesn't it at all. And I'm like, there's it. no way that dude's penis isn't sticking right the fuck no. out of his boxers. And I was thinking the same thing too. And I was just like, why the boxers? <laughs> you don't need the boxers. You could just run just in there and no be like, I heard just no pants. <laughs> But that scene was so fun because oh, it, it was so so sexy and like yeah you knew it wasn't real but you also were like yeah because we already knew at that point that they were both experiencing the dreams yeah so we're like these two these two just need to figure this shit out <laughs> yeah and there's a lot more in depth about having those dreams that's another sign of her being his fated mate right is that connection oh, yeah. and he was actually afraid to tell finn and some of the other guys about it because he thought he was the you know the last guy in the totem pole so he never spoke up about it well and he again both just kind of assumed it was their own weird mental you know like oh yeah i'm just attracted to him so my brain's doing yeah this. you do not you never would assume that somebody else is experiencing it the same way right like if i had a sex dream i would not think well i bet you that guy had a sex <laughs> dream about me last hey, night too. did you have a dream of me last night because i was totally giving you head <laughs> are you is this you talking to tom felton <laughs> Oh my god, 
god if i could flush i would uh, my face just turned really hot kalina <laughs> tom if you're listening yes it did happen <laughs> oh my god that's so crazy I normally don't react like that. That's the f- no, no. That seemed to surprise you quite I, significantly. I'm like sweating. It might be because I'm in my closet, but I don't think so. Oh, you brought out a reaction in me that I didn't think I had since I was 16. And that was amazing. Ooh. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> That's super nice. Oh man. <laughs> Woo. I have forgotten what we were talking about because now I'm remembering that dream. Sex. <laughs> dream sex. That was on yeah, one of our so, past episodes that we talked about dream sex. Yeah. Yeah. And how you had a sexy dream about Draco. It was Draco. It wasn't Tom. <laughs> I know. I know. But I thought I'd. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. I mean, that does matter. But. Um... Yes. <laughs> but yeah so like neither one of them think they're real once they eventually find out they're real and like he starts to mention it to the other dragons they're all like oh shit yeah you guys are made and yeah like that's that doesn't happen every time and so they're like of course you're fated mates you've been having dreams for months even before yes. she showed dragon sign you idiot yeah. <laughs> delaney's over here like i knew bitches oh yeah delaney knows <laughs> totally She's like, I can't believe you guys didn't see this. Anyway, I think we should talk about the in reality sex scene. I was just, that is what I was going to say. I was okay. like, which then leads us to the actual sex scene that happens. And so they're not supposed to do any of this stuff without obviously going through the meeting council and doing the meeting and all that blah, blah, blah that she's supposed to go through. They just are rule breakers, they're, these dudes. All these firefighters are just naughty. Naughty, naughty. It's the colonies. They're rogue colonies. Yeah. <laughs> they don't abide by the rules of the old country. No. And so they're finally accepting each other's feelings for each other and noticing that or have noticed that they have just completely misread. Well, because they've been pushing each other back regardless of how they were feeling for each other, like the true feelings that they've had for each other. But now it's coming out. So then they run into the forest and start making out and they're like, we've got to do this. Oh, they had a dry humping scene even before that, too. That was a good scene. Well, that's the one you're just about to describe? No, I'm about to describe oh. the sex scene in the water. What are we talking about? <laughs> that didn't sound like it to me, but okay. <laughs> didn't they? That sounded... Oh, that's like, that well, does sound I think just like because the dry humping scene. It sound that sounds like the dry humping scene because oh. then then they have the whole like fake kidnapping, yeah. escape from the escape from the other enforcers who were trying to take her to Europe. You know, you're Rune right. Gets involved situation. I was mixing them up. Yeah. Okay. But that's okay. The dry humping scene was pretty good. Too. No, that was good. <laughs> we. It was good. Like a good dry hump. Oh, I love <laughs> We love uh, masturbation and dry humping scenes. They're just, they're great. <laughs> they're just so it's awesome. So good. <sighs> but yeah. So, so then, yeah, they have the whole like escape thing, basically. Yeah. Their like sneaky plan to get her, which really sounded terrifying because she was like riding on the back of Titus mm-hmm. and she had to like, he had to fake getting startled by something and like she had to fall off mm-hmm. and he had to like, miss catching her and then eventually rune caught her further down Ooh. and like flew away with her while no one was looking that fucking terrified <laughs> that scene 
scared me so much. <laughs> yeah, that was that was terrifying. But um, so after months, you know, Rune keeps moving her from place to place. Um, eventually, he he also grabs her son and is able to reunite her with her son because for a little while she's without anybody; she's alone. Aiden and the guys have all been have all been locked up yeah. and are being interrogated slash tortured. <laughs> By the Colorado dragons, who again really disappointed that these dragons sucked. They didn't. They weren't as, <laughs> as cool. As, they just were not as cool. And I was like, God damn it! Why are the California dragons so cool, and the Colorado dragons are all like snivelly? We're cool because we're like you know fifty two eighty. There's no way we would be on board with a, like the stupid like king reign uh, that is like no. corrupt in Europe. Not. Colorado would not be down with that. We are that. repping Colorado, <laughs> and we are we are taking everything back. <laughs> that's not that's going to happen with the Colorado but, dragons. But Brian did a really good job of using his voice to make you know those dragons sucked. <laughs> oh, totally. Because <laughs> every one of them that talked was like a terrible voice. Mm-hmm. You were like, "Ew, gross! That dragon sucks." <laughs> Douchebaggery dragons. They were just a bunch of douchebags. But anyway, so they all escape, and eventually they let our good dragons go because they realized they had complete deniability. They really didn't know where she was or what had happened to her. Mm-hmm. So they didn't. They weren't part of her kidnapping. Rune kidnapped her. And then eventually Rune brings Aiden to meet her because he's like, she keeps begging for it. She's like, I know he's my mate. We have to, we have to have a chance together. This is not fair and all this. So he brings him and then he graciously takes Blake into the, you know, forest as like to go play to get them alone time. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, in a, in a mountain cabin in Montana with its own private lake, they go fucking a lake. <laughs> they go fucking a fucking Montana mountain lake. Do you know how fucking cold it is? Sorry, that's going to be a little chilly. <laughs> we have Colorado lakes that aren't as cold as Montana lakes. We know how cold it gets in the hills, even at the hottest. Even in the height of summer. Yes, even the hottest month. It's still fucking you, cold out there. You don't get in that water. No. <laughs> So you know that there's ha- some shrinkage happening there, and I can tell <laughs> well, you that maybe not- I would be out of there so fast. I'd be like, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're just gonna equate it to that he's a dragon. He was keeping her warm. Yes. So that works, and it was just super hot because it was this fucking hot ass scene that she was able. Oh to yeah, it was, go- it was a great scene. Lubricate herself. I want to go fucking a mountain lake now. Uh, you know what? That scene hurt my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Did it not? I was yes. just thinking about how cold it was and my nipples automatically went and started yeah. stinging. It was all psychological. <laughs> none of it. No way. No fucking way. It's too cold. And my vagina turned inside out and was like not happy about the whole thing. <laughs> it was like, whoa. And we love <laughs> Don't the get cold. in the cold lake. I love the cold, but I was like. I don't think I'd be very turned on if I went to the mountain lake right now. <laughs> but it was it was still good. It was really good. They were like, let's let's. I just pretended it was like a bath, like a hot tub or something. Yeah, I did envision steam. I was thinking maybe like a hot spring next to the really cold yes. water. It was a hot spring. Yeah. We're just gonna go with We're hot. We're gonna spring. go with there it was a hot spring. Next, we to just the- missed the notice that it was a hot. See, spring. it happens. <laughs> <laughs> that solves all the problems. See, that's that's all that happens, right? But no, it was whew, it was a super sexy scene, super super sexy. And then uh, he's like, 
okay, now I'm gonna breathe fire on you. She's like, do it. And he's like, are you sure? She's like, do it. And so he did. And then she didn't die. She did not. And she survived yeah. it. <laughs> I think we should do our kiss and tell now. Oh, okay. Because it's sure. time we do our kiss and tell. And it's also our kiss and tell that. has something to do with this scene. So yes, along with this we can do that. scene that we have just dis- almost described to you guys. <laughs> if you guys want to hear all the good details, you're just going to have to buy the book and listen to it. Or read it. Yes. Either way, do it. Do it. So for the kiss and tell for this episode is going to be about whether or not we have ever had sex in an open space. Like outside, not behind closed doors and just like, you know, we're not talking really public. We're not talking about like center stage at the Shakespeare Festival or anything, but like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or or on a bench in the park, but just just an open, nice open space that's maybe a little bit more secluded, like Red Rocks. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Red Rocks isn't secluded. It is not. The stage. (laughs) The stage at Red Rocks, right in the middle of the stage, as all of those joggers are going up and down those steps. (laughs) Sunrise yoga. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have not. Only, yep, nope, nope. I mean my car, but that's like the closest. But that's still enclosed because it's in a car. Yeah, you're behind doors, sis. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Some some kind of enclosed. Yes. But no, I really, like, that's, that's like my fantasy level. Like, especially like almost to a T, this scene that Abigail wrote. Now, again. (laughs) Not with the icy cold mountain lake. But everything short of that, like, the idea of, like, yeah, secluded cabin somewhere outside in nature, like, with, like, just mountains and trees and water, like, even a creek or a, you know, stream of some sort, just something really natural. And, like, I think that would be just so lovely Mm -hmm. to have sex in that environment. And I'd really, really like to. And potentially maybe a hot tub involved, but maybe not. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I would would put this as, like, one of my top fantasies. Yeah. That would be, like, something someday I really want to happen. But I've never been in a place where that was like possible i mean camping i suppose but you know usually there's a bunch of other people in tents really close to you so <laughs> yeah there are and and you're still <laughs> behind like closed well if you're in the tent but if you were to take it outside oh i see what you're saying tent. yes yeah <laughs> there's still people in tents near you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have once i may have had it twice i don't remember i only remember once. <laughs> I only remember one time. I'm going to have to verify with Dan if we ever did. We did a a lot of stuff. We've had sex in cars, Dan and I, on like back roads and in camping and or in neighborhoods. But I don't I don't know that we've ever actually had sex out in the wilderness. But I did with Julian and I don't know where we were. I can't remember if we were in Portland or if we were in Colorado doing whatever we were doing. We were just on a hike found a huge ass boulder it was big it was really big he had to like push me up on top of there and we did the sex on a boulder on a boulder it was humongous and i was terrified of being caught i was so like i kept looking around like i wasn't as relaxed and like it was exciting and fun and it was really nice and warm and you know like it wasn't 
I think we were surrounded by a bunch of aspen trees, but also, I don't know. They were trees and they had leaves. They weren't, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't like evergreens though. They were like yeah, yeah, trees yeah. with leaves. No, I get it. <laughs> but I was just so terrified that, that someone was going to catch us, that we were just going to get walked on. And we never did. And we never got walked in on, which is great. Um, and it was a lot of fun. But that was that was the one time that I do remember. And I don't, yeah. I feel kind of bad that if I did have one with Dan, I don't remember. But I remember that one. <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> well... I guess it depends. Like, if you talk to Dan and you discover that you guys did, but it was just in a much less likely to be caught situation. Okay. Mike, I would understand then why you remembered one and not the other. Okay. Because I think it would definitely be memorable if I was always, if the whole time I was concerned I was going to be caught. Yeah, definitely. Makes sense. So I would understand remembering that because that is kind of like trauma. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, my God. Um, and then the other time, like if it was in a much more secluded outside spot where you just were really confident you weren't going to get caught, I could understand not remembering it. Yeah. Also, you guys okay. have been together forever. We have. And I, I've lost track of how many times we've done the sex. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. It would be super weird, I think, if you remembered, if, if you counted. Like, like after like a dozen years. <laughs> <laughs> I count everyone. <laughs> I'd be like, ooh, oh, okay. We're going to have to reconsider this thing we called friendship. I think friendship you, you need here. a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Someone to talk to about this. <sighs> I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, <laughs> what do we do now? Do you want me to do fun fuck facts? <laughs> Let's see the fun fuck fact. Yeah. Okay. So for our fun fuck fact, I'm going to tie it all in. Ha ha. Yay. Oh, look at me. Um, I found an article called The Meanings Behind Five Common Sexual Fantasies. Mm -hmm. And this is a bustle article from May 17th, 2016 by Susanna Weiss. And um, I'm not going to tell you everything because I think you should go read it because it's a pretty fun article. But the five most common sexual fantasies are one, sex with strangers, two, sex in public, Three, being submissive. Four, cheating. And five, that random person from work or wherever. Ooh. Ooh. And I, I'll just read the one about the sex in public since that's what we've been basically talking about. Mm -hmm. So it says the fantasy of sex in public serves a similar function to the sex of the stranger fantasy. It provides a release from societal pressure to be good. Mm. You know, sex in public places is taboo. And by fantasizing about sex in public, the fantasizer is breaking those taboos and breaking the rules. Yeah. Rules that she would never break in the first place in real life. So that's why it's such an attractive fantasy to a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's fighting against all of these taboo social norms and tropes nice i like that that sounds like a really yes. good article and so yeah the whole thing is just basically like that's what fan sexual fantasies do for us is they give us these releases from our more structured restrictive lives so wow. definitely yes so again that's a, a bustle.com article the f the meanings behind five common sexual fantasies nice yep very good yep. all right well, before I started talking about the kiss and tell, I was going to talk about how I really enjoyed that Sarah full-blown turned into Mama Dragon to protect her baby because Titus is, I'm talking about the end here, guys. Titus attacks Aiden because it was his plan all along. He was the bad guy. Aiden ends up protecting Blake 
and brings uh, Sarah back to human because she's like animalistic as a dragon who was trying to protect her baby. Titus ends up committing suicide after helping Sarah save Aiden, which is really traumatic. <laughs> it's really he like burned from the inside out. It's awful. It's a. It's, it's, yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it was. It's hard. It was hard. It was hard. It was really sad, because then he he realized what have I done? This is my brother. This is or like you know mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. firefighter brother. And- <laughs> I mean, he realized he's gone too far. <laughs> he was willing to kill a kid, a yeah. six year old, yeah. to get what he thought yeah. he wanted and deserved, and that's that's too much. It's way too much. Ugh. They're together in the end, and do they have to run away too? Yes. Okay, so they all end up having to run away. Because so Finn, not Finn, Fallon and his mate. Fallon and to- I'm going to say Maggie. Because uh, <laughs> that's what I said at the beginning, so at least I'm sticking with the same name. Uh, yes, in, in, in the mate. Well, they were going through the process the correct way. They were you know, at the actual mm-hmm. mating process, but in within the blue clan, a dragon challenged the the blue king and killed him and took over. Yeah. So it's a new king. That's a whole nother series she's writing of the same same world, but a different set of books called Inferno. Oh, I could see the picture in my head, but I can't think of the name. Rising, Inferno Rising. So it starts with like the rogue king and then the blood king and then the warrior king. So anyway, so while Finn or no, while Fallon is at the mating thing with Maggie and they've already kind of decided that they are fated mates and they're, they're going to give it a shot and the, it's about to be kind of sanctioned. This, all this trauma happens with the, the kings in the blue clan and a, a new king takes over and it kind of throws politics into the mix. And so he's afraid that he, because he's a blue dragon, that the other blue dragons that are of the old, the, the dead king's family won't let him win have the mating. Them, yeah. yeah. So he takes Maggie and runs away too. <laughs> but he does go, he goes to the, the new king because he's like, hey, new king, you, you know, I'll yes. support you, but <laughs> you've got to oh help God. me. Oh my God, your brain is amazing. I don't remember, <laughs> I, like I'm starting to remember it as you're telling me, but I couldn't retell that if I tried. <laughs> I, but that is what happened. Yes. So, wow. so yeah. Very nice. <laughs> you're cool. Right. Yes, yeah, so they have to like every almost everyone. I mean, Finn and Delaney don't end up having to hide. No they he gets to keep his place on the team and lead the team, and they mm-hmm. retroactively like they kind of like okay it because he had to do it to save her from. Rune. I thought it was Rune, <laughs> but like then Rune isn't that bad. But then somebody else died in the first book. Rune was a bad guy in the first. He one was a bad guy, but th- there was an actual another bad guy who had that died. Her and died because wasn't there a scene where delaney f- like jumped off of a dragon yes, too they well yes because abigail's a skydiver so she writes all That's these right. scenes where <laughs> yes. women are just flying through the air <laughs> just jumping off of dragons and yeah i remember that yes mm-hmm. she did she jumped off of that dragon and, and finn saved her i think so yeah but i don't remember that what that dragon's name was or because he, he ended either. up dying too he did get he killed did. so then they thought that because he had to save her the way it all happened he had to end up mating her and yeah. so they they gave him a pass because things went that way but he that's why he tried to follow the rules with sarah because he was like oh no they won't give me two passes and then aiden runs off with sarah <laughs> so now they're hiding somewhere <laughs> and and her six-year-old son who's a dragon who won't change back oh my god yeah so he turns into a dragon after that whole fight scene and it's been months and he <laughs> yeah he's still a dragon yeah which is so crazy 
So episode 27 with Abigail, the first book, the boss is the one that our episode is called. Yes, it's called the boss. Yes, okay. So it would be good for you guys to go back to that episode and listen to, you know, like maybe obviously after since you've now just (laughs) made it through here. But that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and listen to it again. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm going to listen. Well, although we should caveat it, that sound was terrible. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, I apologize for that. I asked for a meeting room and they gave us one, but every fucking ceiling in Texas is like... (laughs) 30 feet tall. It is so crazy. (laughs) 500 feet tall. And so like, it was so echoey. And I was still a novice at doing editing at that time. I'll see if I can go back and fix the sound and re-upload it, but I don't think I can. But still. I, yeah, I mean... The sound was bad. It's very nice of you to try, but... The sound in it is not great. But, you know, it's still a fun episode with Abby's Abigail. So. Yeah. Uh, we should rate the book. Let's do it. Shouldn't we? We should tell everybody how we feel. You know, that's sort of the thing we do. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to do it all together again? We've been doing that lately and it's been working out pretty well for us. Although I literally don't know what our last couple ones have been. <laughs> I don't know anymore. But yeah, yeah let's let's, let's just on the count of something say what, what we're going to give this one. Yeah. So after three. Okay. One, two, three. Nine. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah. I don't remember what I rated the other book, but I loved it. I thought it was awesome. And I I enjoyed this one a lot. I think eight's not a bad number. I'm not saying that's a terrible number. I didn't quite get the nine from me because I wanted more sex. But that's how (laughs) it always is. But the sex that we got was fucking amazing. And I love that shower scene with himself and then with her. Oh, so good. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, I mean, again, she's a stellar writer. It's super entertaining to read. It's not overly complicated. There is a lot of moving pieces to this world. And especially because she has the two series happening simultaneously, but they're in different sets of books, but they're in the same world. I could see how like it could be complicated, but it's very easy to understand. Like, you know, oh, yeah. what's going on where occasionally we'll get a book where I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Where there's yeah. so much, too much what going is on. happening? Um, so it's very clear. And at the end, you still know what the immediate story is. Like the book itself has a beginning, middle and end. You don't need like there is this overarching like story of like what's happening to the mating uh, ritual. Yeah, but that's just big and broad. And in the in the story of the book, it has, you know, beginning, middle and end, which I love. I, you know, hate when everything's too cliffhangy or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well written. I understand your point, but I think if you really go back and think it through, there's like, f- while they are dream sex, there's like four sex scenes. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because I- there's two, because there's a shower one, there's one before the shower one that's not as well laid out or detailed, it's a little quicker, but then there's the shower one, then there's the dry humping scene in the forest, and then there's the full sex. Ooh, I forgot about the dry humping scene just now, and I loved that one. That one yeah. was fucking I mean, hot. you know, it's... Again, it's happening in the middle of a lot of other things. So yeah, the action can kind of sometimes overshadow that. So I guess that's why it's a nine, you know, and not a full 10. Sure. Because <laughs> sometimes you're like, but if you're get like, I'll get caught up in actual like action happening. So the sex will like not feel as important, which is crazy to say, because I fucking love the sex scenes. <laughs> but I get distracted and I'm all like, but there was like, the bad guy was doing this and then they showed up here and you can't... 
There's no time for this. There's no time for her humping in the forest. We have things to do. <laughs> right? And then that's part of the reason why I'd scored it that way too. But on the flip side of that, I loved the action scenes though. I really, really loved how they were written, especially They're that so last fun. battle scene in the end. The battle one was scary to me and intense. And I got, I didn't like a lot. I mean, I like it, but <laughs> you know, it's scary. I loved the intricacies of the plan to get her out from the yeah. Colorado dragons. Because as far as Aiden knew, he gave, like, he, he managed to slip her a, a message that was like, there's two options. You can take your chances with the council and go to the mating council. And if you really want to do that, and we'll try really hard to get me, you know, included, then get on Drake's back. If you want to run away <laughs> and we'll just fly away and not deal with any of this, get on my back and we'll go. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't care what the consequences are. We're going to run away and be mated. Yeah. And she's like, no, bitch, I've got my <laughs> own plan. <laughs> so she like she has a, a pager from Rune and she sends a pager. <laughs> she sends him a page, a text or whatever. And then she gets on Titus's back and... <laughs> And Aiden is just like, what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? Well, that was not one of the plans. And uh, then... <laughs> and then, like, jumps off or falls off. Yeah, she then just falls off Titus's back and gets caught and everything is fine. But it's so fun to... Like, because then they're out fighting a fire because Rune's team sets a fire. So they, they all have to go fight it. And the Colorado dragons are, like, keeping an eye on everyone and making sure because... They kind of are a little suspicious. They're like, somebody might be trying something. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's just it, that scene. That, I think, is the most, like, just intense, yeah, that, but also really perfectly written, good. like, intrigue, because nobody knows the full plan, kind of, like, almost like an Ocean's Eleven kind of scenario of, like, yeah. but I won't tell you the whole plan until we're in the middle of the heist. <laughs> exactly. It's a surprise when it needs to be, which is the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, I can't believe it took us this long to get back to this book. I feel like... I think we were really... Because reading books is a little hard. So that's that it true. came out on audio, you know, helped out a lot. And that's, you know, and it turned out perfect. That's true. I think that's part of it. I think that's why we didn't read it probably last year when it actually came out, out when mm -hmm. it was released, because it was released as a book. And we just were like not squeezing in as many book books as we have lately. And then this year just seemed so dragon heavy. <laughs> Yeah. I someday I should count it and I should say how many fucking dragon books we read this it's year. Because it was 50%. a lot of dragon books. Yes, we got a lot of dragon dicks all year long. All the dragon dick. And so I think that was probably why it kind of got pushed down too, because I was just like, I feel like I've only done dragon books. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to end this. So for us, it's still 2019 and we just have to get through the holiday season. So I was just like wanting to end this book really or this year really easy for us. So it's all oh, audio. 2020. Thank you. It is 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? That's that's how fucked up this year is. That I like would rather go back and be like, never mind. This year hasn't happened. But um, so I tried to just give us some like books that I knew we could really get through the end of this year and uh, saw this one and was like, oh, yeah, let's go back to that. I'm glad we did. I am, too. I am, too. It's good. Mm hmm. So are you counting to see how many we've done? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to guess? I'm going to say like 17. <laughs> is that too much? I, don't, I think it's fun. It's a fun guess. What is it? Six. 
No. Yeah. <laughs> I was way off. I, why does it why feel does like it was every book? I feel like it was way more than that. No. Yeah. I'm all like 90%. I know. I honestly thought it was at least 10. And I was like, wait, there's only six here. What's oh, wrong no. with me? We are <laughs> off. Which means that probably towards the end of last year, we did a lot too then. We ended last year with two and we started this year with two. So I think that is what happened. So it was four dragons in a row. And that just set us like, we're like, all of the books are dragon books. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out they're not all dragon books. (laughs) Turns out we just exaggerate our shit. (laughs) Get overly dramatic. (laughs) Something gets stuck in your head and you just take it as like, that's the facts. Well, wrong. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Which does make me feel better, though, because I do still have some dragon books on next year's schedule. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I wasn't ready to get rid of them entirely. No. It turns out, so we were talking about this a bit, and I think you kind of touched on it in the beginning of the episode when you mentioned you forgot how much you liked her dragons. Mm -hmm. And I think that dragons, unlike some of the other supernatural creatures, unlike particularly vampires and werewolves, like I'm not going to say that there's not a lot of lore about dragons because there is, but it's a little bit different because in most of the lore, I don't think they're very humanized. Yeah, they're they're not sexualized. They're creatures, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas since... They've almost been around. Vampires and werewolves have been sexualized and like and humanized. They have human traits. Uh-huh. But people seem to also still put into them wolf traits or like vampire, like, you know. Yeah. So I think I feel like there's a little bit stronger like structures to those, whereas dragons can literally be anything. Yeah. And occasionally you'll have like some of them have hordes, but not every dragon we meet has a horde. At most, they just all fly. <laughs> These ones don't have hordes. They they don't have any hordes. These ones Mm-mm. have no hordes. Some of our dragons have hordes, some of them don't. And yeah. so I think it's it's a much more blank space to play in for a rider. Because you can really do anything you want with your dragons. And mm-hmm. that's why there's so many varied types. And we've read all of them and we love all of them. <laughs> I mean, we haven't read all of them. We've read a lot. Six of them this year. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But they're so fascinating and they are different and they don't have some of that, you know, sometimes we have trouble with wolf books because if the author goes too far into the like, well, this is how alpha wolves behave. So my alpha human wolf has to behave that way. That can be really turned offy to us. But there's no like reality to dragons. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's no biology in the way dragons behave that you're trying to, you know, put into your characters. It's just, it's made up. It's whatever you want. So I think that's why they're so fascinating. I just love them. I love love dragons. I think they're my favorites. They are really great. I'm getting a little rubbed dry by dragons because I miss my vampires and stuff so much. But that's not to say that I want to eradicate them from our list so <laughs> i am excited to get back oh and especially this next book in this series I think that I one's have, gonna be good i want to say i have like four or five vampire books slated for next year so yay you're getting more vampires awesome and I, i'm bringing wolves back i'm giving them another shot okay i've got some stuff lined up guys and next year will be eventually obviously we're only on episode 77 but Eventually, we're going to get to 100, so we're going to have to come up with something really fun to do for that. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully this goddamn 
fucking stupid COVID shit will be over. It won't, probably. <laughs> but uh, if it is, then we're, we're going to do this shit fucking on live on the Shakespeare Festival stage. Don't, <laughs> d- don't say shit that was not going to happen. <laughs> Wait, don't don't commit us to stuff that I now have to figure out how we have to do. (laughs) First you make me do a video, now we're going to have to do this live. (laughs) That's not right. Okay. All right. We've done done our kiss and tell. We've done our fun fuck fact. We've rated the book. We like the book. We love it. Go read it. And uh, what are we doing next? So for our next book, we are going to be reading Fire, Fury, Faith, the Winged Warriors series, book one. By N.D. Jones, narrated by Ryan Vincent Anderson. And I think this one's about an angel. I think it is. I think it's about angels. Yeah. So we don't be mistaken by the winged. Those it's not, not dragons. Dragon <laughs> wings. These are angel wings. These are angel wings. And we haven't been had a angels while for a while. We have not. It's been a while. I think Nalini. Well, well we had the no, Fallen we have one Academy. Oh, yeah. Which was like demons and angels and yeah. everything. Yeah. Forget what I say. I don't remember things. <laughs> <laughs> you remember plenty. You're fine. I mean, you go all the way back to Nalini. And that was season one. That was like that episode was a 12 or something. Long time. It's the one angel that I remember. And I know we've had other angels. Oh, episode 11. <laughs> oh, my God. See? <laughs> it's been a while. So, so all right, yeah. guys. Join us yep. for that. So come back next episode for Fire, Fury, Faith by N.D. Jones. It's a, yeah, it's an audiobook, so we're going to be listening. And uh, in the meantime, please reach out to us on social media. We are Shh Dirty Books on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also email us at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And all of those, it is shh with three H's. And you can visit our website at shdirtybooks.com and find us on most podcast platforms. And if you can, go on and give us a subscribe, a like, a rating, a review, whatever it is that you have to do. That'd be great. And thank you, Jim Towson, for the music. So, uh, yeah, with that, I think we'll say do. This is Sayla. And this is Kalina. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.